Welcome back to the Mondays Kept Me Fat podcast, where we're going to talk about overcoming those internal conflicts of health and weight loss to get you started and to keep you started to achieve that lasting change. I'm your host, Nurse Kevin, and welcome to another Monday of Staying Started. This is episode number three. Listen, we're going to start right off the bat. I'm going to tell you a story of a boy, a buffet, and a challenge. When I was growing up in Louisiana, we used to travel over a few states to Florida for vacation. Love the ocean, love the Gulf. This one vacation, my mother was on a particularly nice vacation mode. She allowed me a few liberties during the vacation, especially during the vacation meals, and she left me alone to my dietary preferences, especially at the buffet. She did take notice periodically, and I was sort of indulging in everything crusted, gravied, and sweetened. You know what I'm talking about. And when I say everything, I mean everything. On your next trip, she declared, I better see you get something green on that plate. And later, on my way to the buffet line again, on my third or fourth run, my mission was clear. My mother's instructions, totally forgotten. I returned back to the table. I thought I told you to get something green on your next trip to the buffet. My mother wasn't one to forget her parental decrees. And truth be known, I had totally forgotten about the green decree handed down by my mother. She didn't forget, though. I didn't always think before I spoke back in those days. And as an adult, little has changed. At first, my seemingly wise and quick-witted comment was well-placed. It seemed that way anyways. And I held up that bowl of green jello. And I said to my mother, what color do you think this is? Trust me, my comment wasn't wise. It wasn't witty. It was dangerous. And that ended my buffet feast. Later, I just knew she was going to grab me and take me out to that beach and make me run in that soft sand to work off that buffet. But she didn't. She kind of forgot about it. At least I thought she did. Until on the way home, where she turned around somewhere around the Alabama state line and said, Hey, when we get home, that buffet, you're going to need to work that off by a few extra runs around the block. Yes, I was to sit there in the back of that car and to face the punishment of exercise because of my failure to follow the green decree. And my sixth grade self had to dread every single mile of the way as I faced those runs around the block punishment for the bad food I had eaten. Let me take a quick moment and say that I'm not mad at anyone. I'm not blaming anyone for anything. Up to that point, she had never had a sixth grade boy to raise. She was a rookie at mothering a 12-year-old boy. Now, this was back in the day when all the experts said that what you need to lose weight is a lot of complex carbohydrates, low-fat, and then you'll be happy as can be. Now they're saying you need all kinds of fat and protein and that the paleo man didn't drink milk. But some paleo followers are now jumping on the milk thing. They're getting back on what's called the lacto-paleo movement. So who knows what really is right and wrong? How did my mother know what was right and wrong back then? Who knows what to think now? Looking back at the Green Decree at the buffet in Florida, what my mother was actually trying to do is trying to teach me the right way to eat. Every parent in the world wants their child to be happy, prosperous, and healthy, and in turn, to be a prime example of their parenting abilities. We know this. We're parents. But we really don't know how to parent. Truth be known, I've never been a 50-year-old before, and I've never raised a 13-year-old son. I'm a rookie. Consider life in reverse. I've been a 40-year-old with a 3-year-old son before. I would rock 2011 like a boss. I've played that gig before, and maybe next time I'll get an applause. Now, this isn't an episode about how to parent children with weight problems. This is an episode about the labels we put on food. As an adult, I've developed a perspective of food based on the lessons taught to me by society, 
lessons I learned during my childhood, and lessons from all my starts and all my quits that I've experienced during my adult trying to lose weight attempts. Now I'm just an adult who struggles with weight and has struggled to develop a good sound perspective with food, exercise, and pretty much a healthy lifestyle balance. Now, are you that adult? Let's find out. I'm going to ask you a few questions real quick. See if you can answer them. No right or wrong answers here. Number one, do you feel guilty when you eat, quote, bad foods? Do you sometimes overdo it when you get started eating, quote, bad? Do you feel guilty over a missed workout? Do you feel like you have to punish yourself with exercise if you feel that you've eaten bad foods or you've been bad today? Do you have this feeling that foods are either good or bad? Have you always been a heavier person? We think raising children is hard, but truth be known, raising ourselves, being a parent to ourselves is harder. There's this little child inside each and every one of us. You know this. That little rascal is always wanting their way. And when that inner child, our brain, doesn't get its way, it kicks and screams. We'll talk about the brain and how it sabotages our weight loss goals more later. Though I'm not a fan anymore of communal dining, I still have that food-to-value mentality that the green stuff is just gut filler and I should stick with the meat and potatoes. That way I get my money's worth, right? Tell me I'm wrong in that regard. Then after a fine meal dense in flavors and calories, likely at a buffet I'll eat more calories than I need for an entire day, I end up feeling guilty and then I feel this need to exercise. Note I said the need to exercise, not the desire to exercise. This is followed by more guilt when I don't exercise. I know this is irrational thinking. I know it's not even reasonable. Deep down, I even feel like, in a way, I'm kind of food shaming myself. And I really hate that word food shaming because really what does it mean? We're eating something that we think is bad. And when someone says something about that bad food, we feel like deep down that we're being bad. We feel like we're being discriminated against because we really want to eat these foods. But what's happening here? We've labeled these foods. How can you be food shamed by eating, let's say, broccoli or cabbage? But if you chow down on a fast food hamburger and french fries and someone looks at you funny, you may deep down be thinking, they're food shaming me. They're giving me this judgmental look. But all of that is really our internal perspective. We don't know what that other person's thinking. We just know that we're eating something that's not in line with our goals. At least not in line with our goals if we eat it all the time. Because truth be known, there is really no good or bad foods. This past Saturday, I made the most awesome beer and buttermilk flaky biscuits they were absolutely to die for. I'm telling you now, they were delicious. I ate one. I wanted about five. Later, when I was exercising, I felt I should push that ride about 15 minutes longer than normal because I ate a biscuit. Truth of the matter, there's nothing wrong with eating a biscuit. Nothing wrong at all. And there's nothing wrong with pushing the exercise session out another 15 minutes. Pushing is okay. Punishing is not okay. Many of us were brought up to think this way. You ate it, now negate it. You've heard that? You ate it, now negate it. If you put it in, now you got to burn it off. But do you know how much exercise you'd actually have to do to burn off an entire day's calorie intake? You'd spend all day just trying to exercise. Your body does a pretty good job of processing the calories that you have, but your body gets really good mileage per the calorie. From this episode, there's a few takeaways I want you to think about this next week before we get into part two next Monday. First, we need to keep in mind that food is neither good nor is food bad. Food just is. It's our perception that food is good or bad. 
However, there are reasons why we label foods as either being good or bad. And there are some very good reasons why we label them good and bad. Those reasons still don't justify labeling foods good and bad. When you label foods good and bad, what does that do to you when you eat those foods? How do you see yourself? Next week on part two of the Green Decree, we're going to relabel foods and we're going to start training our brain and our heart to start working together to meet in the middle as to our perspective of foods. We want to get away from the good and bad labels that we give food because ultimately these good and bad labels fall upon us when we consume the quote good or bad foods. Which brings us to the second takeaway. Exercise is not punishment for eating quote bad foods. Bad people need punishment. And if you eat foods that you consider bad, you're going to feel that need to be punished. Who likes punishment? Think about that for a little bit. What is your punishment, your, your judgment that you hand yourself whenever you eat, quote, bad foods? It's usually exercise. When we're talking about bad food, if we think we're eating something that is bad, if we label this particular food as being bad, the cookie is bad, the M&Ms are bad, the cheeseburger is bad, and we eat these foods, what label do we label ourselves? I've heard many people, I did good today, or I did bad today. And the people that did bad today either are declaring that they ate foods that they consider to be bad or they didn't exercise, which makes them feel bad. And tomorrow they're going to exercise more. They're going to punish themselves for being a bad person or they're going to exercise more today to punish themselves for eating those bad foods. But you'd be all day punishing yourselves trying to burn off a 300 calorie donut by exercising. Our bodies get awesome MPC. That's miles per calorie. Yes, in the future, there's an article coming out regarding how efficiently our bodies burn calories. But exercise isn't that way to burn off the bad stuff we ate. Exercise isn't punishment for being a bad person because you ate bad. And exercise isn't something you can miss as a reward for being good all day. By seeing exercise as one of those chores on your to-do list or punishment that you need to endure because you were bad, what you're doing is you're training your brain to see exercise as being a painful event in your day. Your brain is going to focus on that. It's going to think about this pending exercise, this pending punishment. Once you're able to find your brand of exercise, then exercise will cease to be a painful event in your day. It'll, it won't be punishment anymore. Exercise will become just is, like an event in your day, like showering or doing the dishwasher. It'll just be something you do rather than a line item on your day's closing statement. Next week, we're going to talk more about the Green Decree. We're going to take a closer look at the snickerdoodle and cabbage. Hey, thank y'all so much. And if you like this episode of Monday's Kept Me Fat, then hit the subscribe button. Next Monday, there'll be another episode and another blog article on mondayskeptmefat.com. Until then, remember how awesome you are. You got this. Up and down that scale is going to go, but that scale is not you. That number there between your big toes, that is not you. You're working this and you're going to make it happen. You're going to make it happen today because we know waiting on Mondays kept me fat and waiting on Mondays will keep you fat too. Diets happen on Monday. Real change happens today. 